the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tired of the negative news and flashover substance? It's time for Today with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and PhD with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamline, news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick. My co-host Larry Dersham and I are delighted to be with you on this Memorial Day weekend. Now, Memorial Day is one of the best times of the year, not just because it's a three-day holiday observed on the last Monday in May, but also because of what it represents. We are honoring the men and women who bravely served our country and who died while serving in the U.S. military. This year, of course, Memorial Day is on Monday, May 31st. So as we begin uh, a wonderful three-day weekend, um, we also begin, as we often do, given the fact that Larry and I are both lawyers, with a lawsuit. That's right. You knew that's where we were going. And not just any lawsuit, but a lawsuit that involves one of the companies with whom we've become very familiar over the last course of the, of the pandemic, not if you weren't before, but now even more so given their ability to deliver things right to our door. And yes, I'm talking about Amazon. So Amazon's in the news now and then, um, frequently because they're being sued over something. But this time, the, D- the D.C. Attorney General is suing them on antitrust grounds. Now, I know you hear Attorney General, you think, oh, somebody's going to jail. No, not so much. It's a civil suit, but the allegation is serious. They're alleging that Amazon is illegally raising prices. Now, the way in which that occurs is a little more complicated. It has to do with third party selling and uh, and whether or not third parties are allowed to sell for cheaper on other platforms. The allegation is that they that they are not. Amazon, of course, fighting back as they often do, saying no third parties set their own prices. Uh, So it sounds like an enormous factual dispute that on first glance wouldn't appear to be immediately amenable to settlement, although, of course, that's what most lawsuits end up doing. But, Larry, here's the question that I know a lot of our listeners uh, are going to be asking. You know, they probably have their information auto-filled on Amazon. It is so easy. It's so convenient. They can order something so quickly and they believe that they're getting the best price. And it is true, Amazon is a very good one-stop shop. And even the Attorney General bringing the lawsuit said in a news media interview I watched the other day that he has great respect for Amazon as a company. But the question is, can there be too much of a good thing? Is there a point at which a marketplace becomes a monopoly? I think so, Wendy. Uh, The pandemic, of course, really raised uh, the usage of Amazon uh, tremendously. Uh, we see Amazon on our street like multiple times every day. I don't know. Every day. Every, every day that car, that van goes by. <laughs> every day. But I think this lawsuit actually 
Jeff Bezos was called before Congress way back in July of 2020. But at that time, they were uh, investigating is Amazon, they they mine third-party sellers' data to develop competing products. But this time's a little bit different. And I think uh, with their policy at Amazon, they're saying, uh, in a sense, they're kind of setting prices. They say, if you sell your product, at, for example, on Walmart site, our Target site, our Newegg, our Overstock, our eBay, at a lower price than us, we may just bump you down as far as visibility. And in fact, we may even not even carry your products at all. So and in that way, I think they're kind of ensuring that there's going to be a certain price and you better ahead and find that same product uh, for less on, on those other sites. Yeah. You know, Larry, that that's the gist of the, the factual dispute here, because you're right. The, the attorney general says, look, you Amazon's practices unfairly raised prices for consumers and suppressed innovation. Um, but Amazon fights back so vehemently. You almost think how can two sides be at such an impasse. You know, sometimes there's, yeah, we do this, but here's why we do it. That doesn't appear to be what the defense is going to be here. Although, you know, when you're as big as Amazon, uh, it's like being Facebook. You are sued and you have a team of lawyers and you work it out. Um, And I say that because remember that there was a clause, they were calling it the most favored nations clauses, but they did have a clause that was under fire in the past and they changed it. But the attorney general said, nope, they just brought it back and they called it something else with the same principle of uh, penalizing the third party sellers if they were, as you mentioned, if they were to take their products and and sell it cheaper and at a different product um, on a different platform. But here's the thing, why would they wanna do that? And that's one of the other things is, yes, there are other places you can sell your wares, but this kind of a digital marketplace is just so convenient. And it's precisely because we see that van go by every day. Why wouldn't you wanna advertise and market where there are more eyes on? So that appears to be the issue here. But just as a practical matter, Larry, I mean, is there something that even you buy on Amazon? Oh, Do you use Amazon? Yeah, all the time. And actually, um, I don't know if I should say that. I use my wife's account because she has the Amazon <laughs> Amazon Prime and you get the free shipping. And Oh, oh, oh absolutely, I do. And uh, this is kind of curious. Uh, Amazon is the number one e-commerce site in the United States by far. They're almost 50% of e-commerce. Then below that, way below that, is eBay, Apple, Walmart, Home Depot, Best Buy, and Costco. But here's an interesting fact, Wendy. Worldwide, there's one that really outshines Amazon, and it's called Alibaba. And it was started in China back in on June 28th, 1999. A, a gentleman by the name of Jack Ma and 17 friends and students, they founded Alibaba. And right now, they're... uh, This year, their business is set to be at $765 billion, and that's about three times uh, the revenue that uh, Amazon has, which is amazing. Well, you know what's interesting about that statistic is the way the attorney general in this antitrust suit started the, the information in the complaint. I mean, literally, the very first sentence says this, quote, Amazon is the world's largest online retailer. So there must be some distinctions and some differences, you know, obviously between these companies. But it's an interesting fact that, you know, this is big business Uh, and it's not just big business in the States. It's big business worldwide. And I think we've only recognized even more than we had before how convenient it actually is during the course of the pandemic. I mean, I don't know how they got enough people to work 
to make the deliveries that they were being called to make during the last 12 months. And not only that, I think it's also, we've become more tech savvy as a society. I mean, look at us, we Zoom all day long, we can't move our necks, they're so sore at the end of the day. You know, it, it's gotten to the point that these online digital marketplaces are just so much easier. Not to mention the fact that you can read the reviews and you can sort them by the most recent, that's something I learned from my sister, most recent reviews. So you could never do that if you were just browsing it at a brick and mortar. You wouldn't know what the reviews were. You wouldn't be able to do anything as quickly. Now you'd get more steps in and that's something that we're sort of struggling with in this household. <laughs> you know, you, you can walk up and down the aisles of Walmart or you could sit in a chair. So we got to get back in shape too. Um, but Larry, I, you know, I, we may put off the, I, I wanted to talk about the yearbook story. We might put that off to next week because I know there's something that's near and dear to your heart. And, and what are you working on in terms of, you know, we'll sort of move off the digital marketplace and down to the border. Yeah. Uh, regarding that, I just want to say this is kind of a commentary. So this doesn't uh, involve, uh, uh, doesn't reflect, I should say, Wendy's views or even the station's views. But it's something that is kind of near and dear to my heart. And that's the apparent open border policy that we currently have under the current administration. And just so you know, just since January, folks, we have had over um, uh, half a million uh, undocumented illegal entries into the United States. And those are the ones that they have caught. And I think it has a lot to do with the messaging they're sending uh, out to the world. Basically, it's okay to come to the United States and you will not be turned back. And this, they did, they reversed um, Trump's remain in Mexico policy, which really hurt us. And now they know they can just come here. And I heard a senator uh, from, I believe, she, uh, Senator Marsha Blackburn uh, recently said that the Border Patrol needs three things. They need the wall to be completed, a physical barrier. They need a Border Patrol uh, needs to have better surveillance technology. And also they need more agents. They're, they're so overwhelmed down there. And just think of what this is bringing. It's bringing illegal drugs into our country. It's, it's going to put a lot of pressure on our social services uh, and even people that are not even from South America can come here easily, just walk across. So, and you know, go ahead. When, you know, in, in your commentary, maybe you can also address the, the concerns we have about keeping those people safe that are coming over. You know, there's been a lot. I mean, gosh, it's like all we talk about when we talk about the border is, you know, let's take care of these kids. Where are we putting them? How are we keeping them safe? You know. Someone like me who's had a career in law enforcement, I want to make sure nobody's exploiting those kids and they're being treated well and they're healthy and all of the rest of that. So as we accommodate um, more people coming here, how are we making sure that they're not victimized? Because some of them are so vulnerable. Oh, 100%. I mean, the human trafficking, uh, whether it's for labor or sex trafficking, is enormous. Bringing these little kids in unaccompanied by any adults or accompanied by adults that are not really their parents, it's very dangerous for them. It's not good for anybody, really. And if you don't have a border, you don't really have a country, and we know that. But there are a lot of people that are for the open borders, including none other. I don't have a chance to talk too much about him today, but George Soros is totally for open borders. And believe it or not, there are other people uh, that are for the open borders, too. And uh, again, w without that, and, and one of the reasons I think is they're going to try to bring these people in to overwhelm the system to transform America. And uh, some of these people, they're looking at them to becoming voters. And uh, so we have to really work on this. It's, it's a very yeah, big problem. 
It is. You know, President Biden says that he's not for open borders, that we do need border security. But, you know, whatever ends up happening, if they're coming here, you know, let's make sure we take care of them. We can deal with the social uh, the social ills and we can deal with so many of the other things and the crime and whatever else we want to talk about. But so many of them are so young and vulnerable. I just want to make sure they're cared for everything. You know what? That's a bipartisan passion, isn't it? I'll end it on that. Everybody agrees with that. So we are going to take a quick and a short commercial break. Don't touch that dial. We're going to come back and you're going to meet somebody on Capitol Hill who is turning some very interesting ideas into reality. You're listening to Today with Dr. Wendy. We'll be back in a flash. News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to the headline highlights on Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Welcome back to Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick, and my co-host Larry Dersham and I have a very special guest to introduce you to today. Um, Larry, and we're also very thrilled that he chose to join us on a Saturday over Memorial Weekend. Who do we have on the line? Uh, Nathan Duell is a Western Regional Coordinator with the Heritage Action for America, a national organization based out of Washington, D.C., that's dedicated to holding lawmakers accountable to their promises to advance the conservative principles of free enterprise, limited government, individual freedom, traditional American values, and a strong national defense. Sounds like a good plan to me. Uh, Welcome to the program, Nathan. Thanks so much for having me today. So that is just a constellation of traits that Larry just loves. So it's it's gonna be a a great segment. Um, I happen to notice, however, though, Nathan, from your bio, um, I have a real passion for time management and workplace and work-life balance. I notice that you are a young man with a young family, probably a good combination right there, but you're also the Western Regional Coordinator for Heritage Action for America. And I have to believe that given what that organization does, you must be on the road a lot. You probably don't even get to unpack your suitcase sometimes. So here's my question. Maybe Larry and I can both learn from you. How do you balance your demanding position with heritage, with your responsibilities as a husband and father of a young family? Oh, my goodness. It's a challenge, (laughs) and I'm learning every day. So I work remotely. I'm based in Phoenix, Arizona, and then cover all the Western states for Heritage Action. I have a almost three-month-old baby at home and uh, my wife, of course. So it's a constant challenge trying to figure out when to work, when to put work aside, and then when to revisit. So I'm, <laughs> I'm learning as I go. Thankfully, COVID has made it where I travel a little bit less, and that's been really good for the family. Hey, Nathan, I want to tell the people about what uh, Heritage Action actually does. And I know you're a powerful inside the Beltway. Uh, you have a strong influence there. And you have a, a Capitol Hill lobbying team that works directly with the lawmakers to get things done. So how's that effort going? How do you guys make a difference there on Capitol Hill? Yeah, definitely. So Heritage Action, we're based in Washington, D.C. We are the grassroots organization, sister organization to the Heritage Foundation, which is a conservative think tank that's been around since 1973. And we have a team on D.C. that 
does our day-to-day as well as a few lobbyists on staff. We like to call them the anti-lobbyist lobbyists because they lobby for the Constitution and not what you think a lot of other people lobby for. And then we have a field staff of regional coordinators throughout the states, and this is what I do. I work with engaged citizens throughout the West to make sure that they know the same arguments that we're doing in D.C., so that we're on the same page to hold lawmakers accountable. And this is our um, inside-outside game to make sure that we're being the most effective that we can be with fighting against the leftist agenda and promoting a, a constitutional government. You know, Nathan, you know, one of the um, things that you obviously have to do in the course of your position and, and espousing your views is is um, find common ground. And uh, it's kind of what you have to do as a family man anyway, I suppose. But finding common ground as you go and you make the, your contacts and you network and you uh, talk about your position, what are some of the ways in which you feel that, and you, funny, you talked about the silver lining of the pandemic. Um, you know, the good Lord has provided a lot of different silver linings uh, as we, of course, our prayers are with those that have been adversely affected for sure. But silver lining wise, in terms of being able to communicate over the course of the last year, given the message you have, have there been any sort of advantages that you've been able to use? I know with remote work, one of the ones I can think of is you're probably able to reach many more people more quickly, but how have you capitalized on that ability um, over the course of the last year? We have a fantastic digital team, and so they were able to use social media, emails, knowing that more people were at home to get the message out. And in politics, it's hard when there are personalities and maybe people agree with policies but not personalities. So that's what we try to do. We try to make sure that people know the policy and political arguments, and that's how you win over people to a side. It's through the ideas. Hey, Nathan, I know that Heritage Action is working hard to defeat a passage of H.R. 1 slash S1, the so-called For the People Act. Could you explain to our listeners why this bill is so dangerous? Yeah, with this bill, at the beginning of the year, we knew election integrity had to be our top priority. When I talk to people all across the states, it seems like election integrity and border security are two of the top issues. So with H.R. 1, S1, The left, they introduced it as the For the People Act, but the right has renamed it the Corrupt Politicians Act because that's way more of an accurate description. So this bill is a federal power grab. It's essentially federalizing elections, which are meant to be a state's power, and it's hundreds of pages. Some of the most egregious things that it does, it would publicly fund political campaigns of a six-to-one match up to 200 bucks. It would allow for candidates to draw a salary from their campaign, uh, which would be partially publicly funded. It would sabotage state voter ID laws, mandate same-day voter registration, and the list goes on and on of things that it would do. So elections, they're supposed to be run by the states. This would be a way for the left to come in and say, no, we're going to rig the rules to the game. And now the Washington, D.C. is going to decide how elections are run in this nation. What's the status of that right now? Does it look like it's going to pass or not? So it passed the House of Representatives already. But in the Senate, it looks like it's probably hit a roadblock. That's because the Senate requires 60 votes. Uh, it's it's tied in committee. There's a way to discharge the bill where it would go to the Senate floor. But Unless they get 60 votes, it doesn't look like it'll pass. The caveat to that 
is there's something called the filibuster. And uh, if the Senate were to get rid of the filibuster, they could potentially bring down the vote threshold to 51 votes. But the two important senators who are standing strong on the Democrat side, saying that they are not in favor of blowing up the filibuster, are Senator Manchin in West Virginia, and then my senator, Senator Sinema in Arizona. So they have said they don't want to get rid of the filibuster. And there's been so many people across the U.S. who have called in to these senators, and those calls need to continue. Because if you know, the Senate were to get rid of the filibuster, it would impact so many other policies as well. You know, I was just going to ask you that, Nathan. You know, we hear a lot every so often about the filibuster. We're almost at the end of the show. But um, what, just so our listeners know, what is the real danger of constantly raising that as a possibility when both sides are a little gun shy about actually going there and blowing it up, as you say? Mm-hmm. The filibuster, it's in, uh, it's there to protect minority rights. So it benefits the country so that change doesn't happen as radically. I know when we're in the majority on the right, it's, uh, it's attractive to think, hmm, what could we get done if we got rid of the filibuster? But when we're in the minority position on the right and we see all the things that the left wants to do to federalize, that's when we know that it's a good thing to keep in place just so these radical changes with socialism and all their other uh, high-priority items, they're not able to come in and completely take over the way we do things in America. The Heritage Action for America, is that tied into heritage uh what is it the foundation there's another uh huge heritage uh organization mm-hmm. yeah the foundation they come up with the policy ideas they were started in 1973 and worked very closely with reagan and then most recently president trump and in 2010 they started the action arm so we're a 501c4 we take their policy ideas and then we work with the grassroots and on capitol hill to lobby to implement these ideas so that they're not just ideas, but they're actually impacting the legislation that's happening so that it can further improve the lives of Americans. You know, Nathan, uh, you have to be a real people person to do the job that you do. You know, you have um, some ideas that are popular with the right, not popular with the left. But, you know, the interesting thing many people don't know, unless they've spent time on the Hill, is that there are some friendships across the aisle there. And there's actually a lot of common ground and a lot of things get passed. Larry knows I'm like always a silver lining person here on the show. But there's really a lot of consensus and bipartisan passion for so many different things. Is there any aspect of what you uh, discuss on the floor and, and to the, and th- that you lobby for that really does sort of have a bipartisan flair? Um, we just have a couple, a couple of seconds left, but you know, I just love to sort of end it with a unifying tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's always ways that there can be common ground. So hopefully we'll be able to unify on more issues. But uh, I think that the left is starting to see that the police need backing. We need to back the blue. I think that that can uh, bring together and unify a lot more Americans yeah. than it did about a year ago. And um, another thing that we're passionate about is the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act, and we're hoping that that can come unify and that all members of Congress can say that they don't want infanticide, and that's not going to be okay in our society. Yeah, well, Nathan, we want to thank you so much for for joining the show today. It's been just really eye-opening, and uh, thank you for the passion you have for what you do and for the ability to multitask and manage your time so you can also be there for your young family. So thank you so much for joining us, Nathan. 
Yep. Thank you. Thank you, Nathan. Well, Larry, as we close out the show, I just want to say that this conversation we've had about the filibuster reminds me of the same conversation we had about court packing, that it might sound good for one side under certain circumstances, but then we have to always remember there is a time that the power shall shift. So, exactly. And uh, yeah. people can always go to heritageaction.com if you want to get involved, folks. Just wanted to get that out quickly. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. And we want to wish you a wonderful holiday weekend. Have a wonderful, safe time on Monday. And please join us for next next weekend for more of Today with Dr. Wendy. Headlines with a silver lining. Have a great week and God bless you. Thank you for joining us for Today with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. 